It is the best day of the week at Tragic the Gathering, the friendly local game store, mystery bookshop, and comic book store in Lake Town City. While some would argue that it's Friday, because it's Nevermore Games Review Day, where they open the back room for playtesting and they vote never or more, and then that helps with the inventory. That's incredibly nerdy. <laughs> I just, I have to cancel this whole project because <laughs> Tragic the Gathering is so funny and bad. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> but everyone knows that the best day of the week is Wednesday because it's new comic book day. And a Tragic, as everyone just calls it, is the only place to get the newest issue of Slam, a new superhero comic written, lettered, inked, and printed by the two owners of the store. And it's set in an re incredibly recognizable setting, Lagoon Borough Berg, or LBB. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, we are at issue six of Slam. They've gotten past the origin stories in the intro, and we're going to see how a calculating professional hero, a bright blue-haired government agent, and a man who can see the fabric of space and time work together. <laughs> Welcome to Slam issue number six, a shocking revelation. Oh, oh no! Uh oh! Oh no! There's going to be some electric How's enemy here. Electric damage. <laughs> well, because uh, I'm not great. Hello, hello. We're doing one shot. I'm Eric Silver. I'm the dungeon master, and I would like to tell you about a superhero thing that I put together. I've been working on a guide called No Capes, a D and D world building and reskinning superhero guide from everything that we've been doing with Campaign Two, and I wrote all that stuff down from the conversation I've been having with everybody and the one that we had with Brendan Lee Mulligan only a little while ago. And I wanted to show everyone how it worked a little bit, and we're going to do a one shot using subclasses that I came up with in No Capes. Wow. You also like casually described the essence of every class in D&D, &D, which <laughs> I wish I could have read it at the beginning of Join the Party because I was like, oh, yes, this finally tells me how all the casters are different because <laughs> I never knew. Thank you. I really appreciate that. After talking to Brendan Lee Mulligan, I really saw this like separation between the genre of Dungeons and Dragons and like the game mechanics of it. And I'm like, oh, this is just how you do role playing game that involves a lot of fighting. But like magic is just like power and superheroes have power. But that doesn't mean it's like purple light that turns into a fireball. Like it can be so many other things. So I really end up breaking down like what it is like to rip the fantasy genre off of the game and also like distilling classes down to their superhero elements. I think it ended up becoming like everything I joined the party really good for new players. And that is for sale at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. But our friends at Hero Forge were kind enough to sponsor a bonus episode where we could just play for everybody and drop it in the feed. And that is so exciting. Along with, um, we have little minis of each of our characters. So you can see that on our Instagram at jointhepartypod. And they're in color. They are gorgeous. They're so pretty. Thanks, Hero Forge. Thank you, Hero Forge. So we're doing a one shot where everyone is level 10. So you can see a lot of the stuff that happens in the subclasses. So uh, let's go around and introduce your characters and also give a quick origin story of your superhero self. Uh, let's start with Gulia. <laughs> okay. And the wolf inside Gulia, known as the Pro Fighter. <laughs> well, gentlemen, Olivia Oxford, before she became a superhero, was a lady modern day Don Draper, minus the misogyny. She was a high ranking <laughs> advertising executive who, while visiting Copenhagen to help with the marketing campaign for Aquavit, found a Scandinavian Norse shrine. She was then granted the fiery power of, and a big old sword of the god Logi, who named the sword in honor of his wife. The sword was called the Sword of Glad. <laughs> what's your superhero name and what's your costume? Olivia Oxford goes by the name of Moxie, and you can see her in some <laughs> fair attire, similar to some pro football players' uh, gear, but uh, a little bit more muscled because she is, in fact, very strong. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right, we got Moxie, our pro hero. Uh, Amanda, why didn't you go next? I am today fulfilling my uh, lifelong dream of just playing Phil Coulson. Um, so <laughs> my character is named Agent Smith. First name, Agent. Last name, Smith. Sure, <laughs> makes sense. Now, are you Agent Agent Smith? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Agent Smith to you. Agent Smith Smith? If you're nasty. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Agent Smith is a mission control artificer. 
meaning that I have lots of powers to be able to support and assist from a safe place, either from HQ or from further back, you know, behind friendly lines as my heroes go forth into the field. I work for SLAM and I am just an agent here to make sure that nobody gets hurt and civilians are unharmed and all the proper paperwork is filed at the end of the day. Uh, SLAM stands for Superhero League and Management. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. You don't expect so much management training to come in handy with superheroes, but it really does. And I have blue hair. I am wearing a well-fitting suit that is actually much more stretchy than it appears for any unexpected running and shoes that appear to be ballet flats, but actually are very grippy. That does not surprise me. And on my lapel is a brooch of a beetle that, if I activate it, becomes my robot sidekick. And I can cast spells through it. I can attack through it and keep me safe while I participate in fighting. Wonderful. All right, Brandon, why don't you tell us what's going on with your lad, and then we get to do some uh, fun pre-session stuff because of your subclass. Yeah. Uh, My character's name is Arnold Palmer. (laughs) Brandon! (laughs) Uh, He is not the golfer, um, nor is he a drink, but he is a chronomancer. Arnold was just a mild-mannered, regular old computer technologist. No one's quite sure what the actual backstory of Arnold's superhero abilities is, including Arnold, because at some point during his time as a person, he saw the fabric of space and time and extra dimensions. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he started uh, writing down his experiences in his, in his journal, which he calls his big book. And one day he realized that he hadn't written some of the things in the big book. So he's not sure what's the past, what's the future, and what's the present. And he has become extremely apathetic because of it. Oh, no. Arnold. <laughs> Amazing. When I was making the mini for Arnold, I did use this, like, sci-fi getup. Because Hero Forge, you can do a bunch of different genres with it. So I was looking at all the sci-fi stuff, and it's like, oh, this is just, like, some, like, baggy drop crotch bodysuit. And I'm just like, oh, no, this is what's super fashionable in 2055. Like, believe yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So are you from the future? I, who knows, Amanda? Who knows? Who's okay. to say? Okay. What when is the, the future? True. When the past, present, and future are the same, when are you really from? Exactly. Yeah. And Arnold, when he's in the field, goes by future proof very good which was really cool in 1999 <laughs> it was wonderful and you are playing the chronomancer school of magic for the wizard right exactly hell yeah all right brandon we're gonna start with some subclass stuff for the chronomancer um first you're gonna roll some portent dice from the subclass feature do i know this story uh, basically, you're going to roll uh, 2d20s, and you are able to replace those d20s for any any attack roll, saving throw, or ability check made by you or any other creature. You may also use both of those portent dice at the same time to uh, tell me what happens during that situation. To take narrative control. Ooh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to roll my dice. Nice. Don't tell me what it is. Don't tell okay. me what it is, because okay, it's cool. your secret. All right, I'm going to write it down. Because it's you applying your will to the fabric of time and space. No big deal. And then the second thing you do is the power help yourself out, where I want you to tell me one specific action that you think is going to happen during this session. And if you get it right, you may add or subtract 1d6 to any time that action happens during this session. This is the best power. It's, the, it's so, so cool. I want it in so life. So innovative. Yeah, so tell me if this is specific enough, but I think that I'm going to go with the storyline that Moxie is going to have like a super important punch or kick or block of some kind that is like make or break for the party and they're going to miss their role. In story terms, they're going to make some kind of fail. Like they're going to either miss the block or miss the the hit or like slip on a banana peel or something like that. (laughs) Thanks. That's very good. I like that. I think if Moxie has to do something that is incredibly important and fails, you can then add one D six to that. I'll give you that for sure. Cool. Cool. hundred percent. I think it has to be like specifically like a physical 
failure. Got, yeah. yeah. Like you know, a strength sure. check or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that. That's that's because this is a one shot. Or if you were doing this in a larger campaign, you would know more people and it could be about relationships and other stuff. But right. since it's a one shot, that totally works. Wonderful. So we're going to dive into the one shot. Uh, but first, I have some questions about where it is you guys live. In my head, in Lagoon Burrowburg is your ordinary <laughs> is your ordinary like metropolis type city uh, but i always like to think that you three as the majority superhero team here or at least the one we're following in this story you have some sort of base or bunker so where do you think you guys and i don't know i doubt agent smith lives there but at least where is like your place of work i like that that just makes me and future proof roommates that's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> I think Agent Smith, what do you got? I mean, this is this is your uh Yeah. I think I have an office in the slam like federal building, like you know, a, a very normal office building downtown, but I feel like maybe there was a pizza place or a deli that we all liked so much or like a a sushi restaurant with a great lunch special that when they decided <laughs> to let out their back room with like its own separate entrance around the corner as an office, it was like a no-brainer. I love, I, I love the, this the idea story. that that's what the government can afford. It's just like the back room of a sushi <laughs> yeah. place. No, I'm not feeling, a I'm feeling like the apartment over the sushi restaurant. It's, it's like a, a two-bedroom <laughs> with a big living room and you guys live there and you might have another residence, but that's where you crash and uh, then you have desks. Uh, Agent Smith does not like going there so often because it is much less fastidious uh, than her own office, but uh, that's where we chill. I would like to point out that Moxie has a like penthouse apartment somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all oh, of for that sure. ad exec money, but just you <laughs> yeah, know, occasionally like a night is crashed there. Totally. And I just want to point out that no one's quite sure where Arnold lives or sleeps, and he's never once used a door. He just appears. <laughs> oh, it's very intimidating. Wonderful. So yeah, you have an office which is on top of uh, rock and roll. Which is the sushi place that has an amazing two rolls and dumpling special for like twelve dollars. Hell yeah! Um, Unlimited sake when you order more than ten dollars of sushi as well. Oh mm-hmm. wow! Oh yeah, there's an all you can eat, all you can drink sushi and sake deal. The like combos in- come with soup and salad. <laughs> Hell yeah. I want to amend my statement and say that Arnold has never left the sushi restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> He's simultaneously always in and also never in the sushi restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I think that the only other question is, do you have like someone who runs the office? Like do you have a sidekick or a COO or a butler who is hired out to maintain <laughs> the office? I have a former secretary who is now our butler. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Beautiful. He came with me when I left the ad agency. Beautiful. What's his name? Uh, Charles. Charles. Excellent. Charles. He used to go by Charlie, but now that he is a butler, he goes by Charles. Charles. (laughs) It's very important to, you know, have a name that fits your stature. That's true. Extraordinary. Nice. Uh, I think Charles Redberry. How's that? Excellent. Wonderful. It's now it's Redbury. 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 Charles Redbury. Redbury. <laughs> All right, wonderful. Okay, so I think that the three of you are at your secret headquarters above uh, Rock and Roll. So this is like issue six. So I think that you are all like living here. It's been a few months since you all the inciting incidents that pulled you all together. We got through your origin stories. Like we're finally easing into the regular day to day of superhero dumb in LBB. I think this is a regular sort of day. Charles is like just there isn't a lot happening right now. Like we're not in emergency mode. So he's just like stacking papers like he's setting up an inbox and an outbox. Beautiful. And he has like an old Mac, like one of the ones with the colored. It's like aquamarine. Oh my god. Charles, I would I would um I would put a paper clip on those ones. They're gonna fall later. Uh what are you talking? Oh god damn it. When you mean later, I didn't know you meant right now. Look, I've been sitting on it for a couple hours, but I'm tired. Alright. Okay, thanks, future proof. I guess I'll pick this stuff pick this up. So um, what I think is your your three favorite parts about the office? The smell of sushi rolls. Yeah, it always smells like soy sauce and it's delightful. (laughs) 
I feel like it's on the corner of like a town square or like a central block. So I really appreciate the good vantage point and good sight lines. Mm. It's within walking distance from my penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I think that Arnold, you're down at the at, uh, at rock and roll, and Agent Smith, you're looking out. You're on just like guard duty. <laughs> At the window, a little spyglass, yeah. You're taking shifts only with yourself. Um, I think, uh, Moxie, you're walking in late, like with a bag of croissants, because you can just roll out of bed whenever you want. This is a recurring pattern for Lake Town City, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, this is Lagoon Boroughburg. It totally oh, sorry, right, right. LBB. And I think that Arnold inside of Rock and Roll and uh, Moxie outside and Agent Smith inside, uh, you all see all of the power go out in the neighborhood. So it's like you're inside and the power just goes out suddenly in rock and roll. And then uh, you two looking outside, you see that just like on the block, everything is uh, out of power. Crap. Well, that's extremely not good. Charles, you know what to do. And I would like everybody please to picture very like John Wick hotel clerk vibes. Uh, where Charles is extremely trained by now and uh, is sort of on guard duty for the office. But uh, I'm going to run downstairs and go out onto the street to look around. Yeah, for sure. Charles picks up like a machete that he has under his desk. And, like, <laughs> got a boss. Um, everything's just out. I think that you can see that a bunch of people are coming out of their houses and their apartments, like looking around, seeing if everything everything is out. That's really all you all you can see. Like it's not like a transformer exploded. Like that's the only thing it looks like is that something went out. I walk out of the restaurant and join Agent Smith, uh, finishing up my my box of sushi. Uh, so what what do we? Is this just like a normal thing that happens in this time period? <laughs> not quite. I'm gonna turn a little bit and say into my wristwatch communicator. Uh, any reports of power being down? Um, yeah, you're not getting any reception back. I don't know if like they're also down or if they haven't gotten their backup generators up, but you're not getting anything from Slam either. That's not good. Eric, can I look in my book, the big book of everything that happens now, then, and in the future, and see if anything's written in the book about this? Sure. Why don't you make a history check? While he's checking his book, Moxie walks up and is like, I have croissants. What's going on? <laughs> oh geez 13 plus 9 for 22 Ooh, yeah it's nice to be level 10 huh level 10 baby yeah. all right with the 22 so in uh the modern uh beginning of the 21st century uh when power goes out it is usually because of the electric company it's not like things just go out like it does in 2100 because electricity is scarce and the aliens feast on the energy. Uh, and it wasn't like when Tesla was doing it and just kind of messing around and blowing things up. So if there is something going on, it's probably because of the electric company. Do you reiterate that to us? Yes. <laughs> in those exact same words. It's probably not Tesla. Uh... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. The aliens feasting on human flesh? I cannot reiterate to you what a problem it is that you tell us these things. <laughs> it's really rather concerning. I would like everyone to make a perception check. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'll try to be more sensitive in the future. <laughs> or the past, wherever we are. Whatever. 18. I got a 7. 12. Wonderful. So, Amanda, you can do uh, your special perception stuff. Ooh. Yes. So when I roll a perception check at 15 or higher, I can ask one question uh, from what here can I use to do something? Who or what here is the most dangerous? What needs help the most? And how can we get this done safely? Um, I am going to ask what needs help the most right now. Uh, wonderful. So I think that you uh, look around and it seems like people are calling the electric company and nothing really seems to be the problem. Like, there's nothing on fire. It's not like there are down electrical wires. You look in the alley behind Rock and Roll and that has the circuit breaker, and you see that there is a little, like, little robot thing running around. It looks like it's about, like, one foot tall, and it has, like, a robotic, like, nondescript face, and it has, like, little points coming off of the top that could be horns, but they could also be an electrical plug. It's robot very strange. Robot Pikachu. Robot Pikachu. <laughs> 
It's more like a robot Alec kid, if you were if you really want to get into it. Uh, so yeah, and it seems like it's like over near the circuit breaker, which is not good. I'd like to stab it with my <laughs> sword. Do you just want to stab it? Yes. All right, make an attack roll. Excellent. Oh, sorry. First, I have to summon my giant sword, which appears in a fiery flash of light. Great. And then I'm holding a giant <laughs> eight-foot-long sword. That's dope as hell. Cool. Thank you. All right. It is a 22. Yeah, 22 hits. Uh, let's do damage. Uh, your amazing f- uh, flaming sword does uh, 3d6 cutting damage plus 1d6 fire damage. Incredible. I like cutting damage. <laughs> One. Plus your um, your strength modifier. So it's 18 damage overall. It was four fire damage. Wonderful. Yeah. I think with 18 damage, immediately you just bring this buster. To I just... stab it like, like skewer it. That is my goal, is to skewer oh, the thing so we can examine it further. Like a chunk of pineapple on a barbecue. Exactly. Moxie's terrifying. I love it. You're like foot-long buster sword isn't great for skewering, but you, like, just chop off both of its arms. Mm-hmm. And it goes, ah! And it starts, and it uh, tries to run away. All right, I'm going to take my second attack on it, then. All right, do it. Uh, it's a 13 plus... Is it tw- plus 12, Eric? Oh, that hits. You're fine. All right, cool. So, two... Six. Eleven slashing damage, and then six fire damage plus four. Uh, uh yeah. Fifteen plus six. Hey, Moxie, 21. how do you destroy this small robot child? <laughs> I skewer no. it because it didn't work the first time. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you skewer it. You just fully skewer it. It is, like, toasting. And the robot looks at you, and... You fully destroyed this thing, but it's like last like energy it has. It then starts just yelling at the sky. It's like, I have done my work for Beelzebot, the Azamadius, <laughs> Lilith 2000, the Moloch out of my browser, CPU to low key stroke. I have done this bidding. And then it just explodes. And oh. uh, please take nine points of damage. But it's all the way out on my sword, and my sword oh, is that's very true. long. That's a good point. Take four points of damage. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Do any of those words ring a bell for me from files I've read at Slam? Yeah, why don't you make a history check? Uh, an 11. You know, I'm actually going to use my reaction to add my intelligence modifier to the roll, making it a 19. Okay, with a 19. Wonderful. Uh, So there are a lot of, like, just devils and demons that come into your purview at Slam. Uh, But it seems like there's also, like, a technological component. There are just, like, a lot of, like, devil puns, but also computer puns happening. (laughs) That that part I got as Amanda. Yeah, no. (laughs) I'm just saying that, like, so there are, like evil computers and there's like demons but you don't have anything that like combines the two okay eric can i cast the spell called legend lore yeah sure which is a fifth level spell Ooh. i name or describe a person place or object the spell brings to mind a brief summary of significant lore about the thing i named uh it can consist of current tales forgotten stories or even secret lore that has never been widely known um it has to be of legendary importance and the more information I already have, the more precise and detailed the information I receive is. For but sure. it's accurate, but couched in figurative language. Perfect. Okay, <laughs> that's amazing. So, <laughs> as Agent Smith is kind of running through, like, files, it's like, all right, I have devils and demons, and there's, like, a dog devil, and there's, uh... <laughs> Tell me about the dog devil. <laughs> <laughs> there's like all these different types of devils, but then you get to uh, there's a robot devil. So as computers become more and more advanced, especially in the future, they created a cosmology around themselves, which unfortunately mirrored a lot of Catholic <laughs> imagery and ideas. So there is, in fact, a, uh, a god computer, the uh, the true motherboard, which uh, mirrors what we understand <laughs> The father, son, and CPU, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus fucking CPUs Christ. CPUs are, like, both of and not of this world. Exactly. They're in and around everything. They are and are not corporeal. It's uh, in binary. It's zero, one, and the two. <laughs> <laughs> and there is, in fact, a robot devil. 
Although it, it, there are stories about the robot devil, but again, much like Catholic cosmology, does the robot devil actually exist, or is it actually just an allegory for like bad things? Hmm. Hmm. Who can say? So I write the names that I hear the little robot Ella kid in my book and receive that information back, and I share it with the team, and I say, Ugh, "This fucker." <laughs> it thinks he's God or something. Have you have you run into this thing before? I mean, uh, not personally. Heard of uh, him. Okay. It's not still very, very hard for me to trust intelligent sources that even you don't know where they come from. I mean, it is what it is, you know. Well, if they are worshipping at the altar of technology and computing, and something is wrong with the electricity, it seems to me the heart of this matter must lie at the power plant. Wonderful. It's where the Zapdos is. You know, I ran the Pokemon marketing campaign in the United States when they first came out. Oh, were, were you responsible for those airplanes that had Pokemon on it? I was. Every Pikachu you see at a Thanksgiving Day parade, that was me. <laughs> this might be the best character I've ever come up with. It's very good, Julia. Very good. Hey, it's Amanda. I think I'm the only person who drinks hot tea during the summertime. And I got to tell you, I love it. There's nothing like sitting in front of an air conditioner, uh, drinking a warm beverage that makes me feel both extremely American and also very, very uh, lucky and warm on the inside, but cool on the outside, which is kind of the best combo possible. So welcome to the mid-roll. We're drinking Darjeeling. Thank you to everybody who has joined our Patreon in the last week. Mona, Koi, Lucas, Yasiri, Ali, Safrina, Catherine, Anna, Emma, Anunchti, and Joe. We are so grateful for each and every one of you who has chosen to support us on Patreon. You literally make it possible for this to be our jobs, and we could not do it without you. Every episode, we release bonus content like bloopers and character backstories, including a playlist Eric made for the Night of Mirrors last episode. It absolutely slaps. To get access to all of these benefits and to help ensure we can keep making the show, join us for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash join the party pod. Also exciting news, Multitude is hosting a digital live show on July 30th with 25% of all sales going to the Black Lives Matter Global Network. All of the Multitude hosts will be performing a mix of new segments and old faves in Multitude Live. And trust me, this is not something you'll want to miss. Go to multitude.productions slash digital live to buy your ticket. And if you can't make the live stream at 8 p.m. Eastern on July 30th, don't worry, you should buy a ticket anyway, because we'll send you a link to watch the recording afterward. Support a great cause and enjoy our patented podcast variety show at multitude.productions slash digital live. We have two new additions to the merch store that you need to know about. First off, there is an absolutely adorable bundle of Campaign One phone wallpapers featuring the beautiful artistic stylings of Squared. Rep Tracy, Oatcake, Inara, Alonzo, and Fidopolis with your phone for just a few bucks. This way you can remind people to be gay and do crimes or that you can freaking spell with every single pickup of your phone. And secondly, a bad joke turned real. Um, it's a mug that says, don't talk to me till I've had my coffee and my Dungeons and Dragons podcast. If I'm honest, this is very true for me, and I imagine several of you will want to have this beautiful monstrosity in your home. Both of those are at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. And of course, if you're enjoying this one shot, you can pick up no capes in our merch store. There are breakdowns of every class and their superhero parallels, seven new subclasses for your superhero game, including the ones we're playing today. There's even more cool abilities at level 14. You really need to check it out. 13 new consumable items created by the mad scientist Dr. Morrow, and a deep dive into the mechanics of reskinning no matter the genre, superhero, or something else. Plus, there's RPG City Planner, a full collaborative world-building game that can be used as an addition to any game system. All of that is available in no capes at jointhepartypod.com merch. This one-shot was made possible by our friends at Hero Forge. They offer fully customizable tabletop miniatures with thousands of choices to dive into and customize, from your character's face to their haircut, proportions, armor, clothing, accessories, even animal familiars and the bases they stand on. I love that you can change your mini's base from a tabletop version that's flat to one for initiative tracking on a DM screen and even as a necklace. They also now have a color option. You can get your minis in color and see our minis from our characters in this one shot at Join the Party Pod on Instagram. 
You want to visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom mini today in living color. And make sure you check back often because new content is added every week. I don't know how they do it, but they do. All of that is at HeroForge.com. And now let's get back to the show. Agent Smith on your slam piece, uh, you get a just like... I guess it's com- it's backwards compatible with all types of communication. So you get a little note from Slam that says, trouble at the power plant, investigate. Well, a little late. Thanks, Slam. <laughs> uh, all right. And you guys, uh, you, all, you can all go to the power plant. It's a little bit outside of town, but nothing too difficult. Uh, how do you three get there? I'm just interested. <laughs> oh, I definitely have a, a jet black government issued Camaro. It's matte Ooh. black, too. It's not even like shiny black. It's like oh, yeah. hot matte black. Uh, what's the license plate? It is randomly generated. How dare you? I would never give someone identifiable details. Smart. It has diplomatic plates, but it's for a different... It changes every single country, which it could be. Yeah, you three up, go to the LBB power plant. Everyone is standing outside. This is like in the middle of the day where they should be inside trying to fix what's going on. Uh, but the four person has, you know, like the white construction hat on and just like has their, their hands on their hips. And it's just like... <laughs> Does he have a name tag on? Uh, yeah, they have a name tag. It's um, you know, wouldn't you be surprised that it's Mix Four Person? Oh, ah, wonderful! <laughs> well, Mix Four Person. Good afternoon. We hear you have trouble at the power plant. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Ordinarily, uh, I would not need extra help at the, the in the power plant because, as you might know from my last name, I am a four person. Uh, <laughs> but I'm glad that you. I'm very glad you three are here. There is a some sort of of creature just in there drinking the energy uh, away from the city, and we need your help. Does it seem like a robot demon by any chance? I did not look close enough to know it, the demonic place that it came from. It was just electric and scary. So I ran away. Fair enough. Excellent choice. You, you did good, citizen. Good move. Good instinct. If you would please help us by clearing the area and getting all of your staff and any civilian visitors well out of the way, we will handle it from here. That sounds great to me. I don't have to go near that thing. Uh, Keep your hard hat on, though. There is a rock that will hit you in like 23 minutes. Oh, oh, thank you. I will keep an eye out. I appreciate that so much. Um, I will say, uh, it, when we saw it, when we saw it approach, um, it didn't run up. It kind of, it kind of shot forward as if it was energy. Um, so I don't think that we should let it out of the power plant. Uh, it seems like if it is distracted enough by the deliciousness that is in front of mm. it with the delicious energy, just don't, don't let it out of the power plant. It kind of made a big hole. You can see over to the side and like on the side of the power plant, there's like a giant hole. <laughs> but if you go in through there, I think that it's going to scare it off and it might just start running amok in the city and and drinking all of the power. This is just the power for the south in the south of LBB. It just if you go through, there is a secret entrance that goes in through the supply closet. I think that we've isolated it in our R and D department. It's drinking the energy out of the R and D department, and it's going to stay there. Uh, I think we do have some time before it drinks all of it, but you need to move fast. Well, I think we should have a conversation another time about why there's a secret entrance to the power plant. But for now, let's move on. It's not to the power plant. It's to the R&D department. Still still very concerning, citizen. Not going to lie to you. Do you happen to have any empty high storage batteries? That might be a good way to contain it. Oh, we were going to Ghostbusters this shit. Excellent. <laughs> I don't know that reference. Oh, okay. Of course you don't. Let me roll on that. Let me see if they have something for you. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think Mix 4 person gives you... Because <laughs> it gives you an extension cord. Be like, uh, there is no actual battery, but maybe this extension cord will help you? Is it a surge protector, at least? Oh, yeah, it's like totally wrapped up in rubber and stuff. Okay, well, then there is some local storage, as I understand it. Hmm. Yes. I will uh, lasso it up and like (laughs) clip it to my belt with like a utility clip that came out of nowhere. Wonderful. Excellent. Okay. uh, So the way to get to the R&D department through this way is you walk in through the front. The power plant is so eerie. 
when you look at a place that should have people and doesn't have mm-hmm. people, mm. it's like there's negative space here. Like you can hear a pin drop. And you only hear like the the light buzzing of energy that is still going at this moment. Um, you can hear each grain of sushi rice fall from <laughs> fall from Future Proof's mouth as he continues to eat the sushi. Oh, <laughs> and you do hear a like fairly loud slurping sound coming uh, from a corner of the power. Oh, that's bad. Disgusting and rude. Excellent. I'm going to cast Arcane Eye high up on the ceiling as close as I can get it to the noise. Wonderful. All right. So that's one of your subclasses for the uh, mission control. So you can free cast Arcane Eye and your Arcane Eye is an actual like robot that helps you. So uh, what does that look like? Yes. On my other lapel is a a little bee and I take it off my uh, lapel and I sort of like frisbee throw it into the air toward where I want it to be. And it unfurls from like a static bee with its wings tucked in to a just beautiful mechanical dark gray with little yellow detailing bumblebee. And instead of the sort of two bee eyes, it's like one of those sunglasses that's a continuous panel. It looks like very futuristic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it flies 30 feet from me up toward the ceiling so it's camouflaged against the, the darkness to look down over wherever this creature is. Wonderful. Okay. So I think that within 30 feet, uh, there is the door to that storeroom that uh, Mix 4 person was talking about. And uh, you can open that door because it is an actual physical object. You kind of It can't just pass through walls. So you can send it in in front of you. Is there a ventilation panel? Why do you make an investigation check for that? I got a 24. Is that good? Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, there's an air duct that goes through the door that the four person directed you towards. Yeah, so I'll send the arcane eye through that to pop out into the room. Wonderful. Uh, Make a dexterity check for me uh, on behalf of the arcane eye. So I got an eight total. Okay. With an eight, so the uh, your little bee flies up there and goes, and you can see what's happening. It's flying through the air vent and it gets about like halfway in and then you hear like a and uh it shorts out oh no well that didn't work as planned what you do see though you see that there is an elect like a a shock of lightning like arcs through the air duct and shocks it and then it goes out Hmm. okay eric is there any like computer terminals or anything in this room no, not in this particular room. I think that you're okay. really just in the atrium that leads off to like this storage closet. So you're not really in like the technical area just yet. Okay. Well, when in doubt, darlings, I say we just kick the door in and start punching things. So any opposition to that? No, let's do it. All right. And I kick down the door. Wonderful. So you open the door. This is just the oh, story. I kick it's... down the door. I don't open the door. <laughs> you kick open the door and it, go, and it just go whoop. Poof. And you hear, like, just shelving fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look in there, and this storeroom looks like it's just been ransacked. It's like mm. they have those metal shelves that are pushed over. You know those are just, like, really big Ikea metal shelves? Mm-hmm. It seems like yeah. some are pushed over in different directions. And there's just kind of, like, stuff all over the ground. But there is a path to another door, which is on the other side of the room. Just like the lightning that is arcing through the air ducts, you see that... a dancing all over the metal shelving through the room is just this electrical current that sparks and jumps. There's stuff everywhere, and there is, you see that you could make a path to the other side, but it looks pretty dangerous. Well, darlings, I have a sword, and I can't really attack electricity. (laughs) Is it just like wild sort of electricity, or does it like seem to be emanating from something? Ah, good question. Make an investigation check. 16? Okay, that's good. The You don't know where it's coming from, but you can see that uh, because it is electricity, it seems to be really attracted to the uh, shelving in the room. And we can't sense any kind of like creature or central point? Uh, no. There, it doesn't seem to be any central point. It's like maybe it's coming from another room. Maybe it's coming from a different place. But right now, the thing that is like in your face is the electricity that is uh, centered around the shelving. Can we change the shelving into something else? I can't do that, but I can detect magic. Mm. I am going to reach up and push a very discreet button on my eyeglasses, uh, which has the effect of casting detect magic. So I can see a thin aura around anything that is casting magic nearby, including through walls. Wonderful. Okay. 
Uh, you can see that the uh, the electricity is coming from the other room. I think you have like UV vision and heat vision and like elemental vision, and you see that it, the uh, energy is coming from that other room on the uh, on the other side of the door. So it's like it's going through the wall, through whatever that seems to be the energy mm-hmm. uh, locus. Well, it seems the thing we need to destroy is in the other room. So. Apart from me trying to jump through electricity, which I'm sure I could do, Magic Man. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a look, and I'm gonna cast Misty Step, um, so I can teleport up to thirty feet into an unoccupied space that I can see. You just Wonderful. wave goodbye to Arnold Palmer. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. Let's see. What is uh, what does teleportation look like for you? Um, so I think through his journeys through space time and the fifth and sixth dimensions he's sort of um it ends up being based on like nanotech so you can sort of see like almost like little little bug friends that sort of like dissolve his body but it's just like this nanotechnology that sort of like from his head to his toe just sort of like dissolve really quickly like almost like a like a terrible powerpoint um (laughs) transition (laughs) Uh, and then it just shows up in the other spot it is horrifying every time he does that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, with 30 feet, yeah, you're at the other door. I'm going to open the door and look inside. Just, just like, peek. Uh, make a constitution peek. check for me. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, non-national 20. Ooh. Wonderful. dirty yeah. 20. <laughs> I don't know if you knew <laughs> the in the future. dirty fu- 20. <laughs> Gritty 20. I don't know if you knew in the future that uh, electricity can go through uh, doorknobs and you knew that this one was uh, electrified. So uh, maybe you wrap your hand in your sleeve. I don't know. However you want to do it. But uh, <laughs> you resist the shock that comes through the doorknob. You know, Eric, it's just that Arnold has become so laissez-faire about life that he's just not shocked by much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> you open the door and you see that there is this like robotic golem uh with like again another another horns or are they an electrical plug but this one is like five feet tall and it's just like its mouth is on a generator and it's just like sucking on it and uh you can see in the room this is an r&d department so there is kind of just like inventions kind of like everywhere it seems like there's just like tech kind of scattered about the room that was like pushed off of desks and everything. This is also like a pretty large room. I'll just tell you it's 50 feet by 50 feet and it's all the way on the other side of the room. On the right side, right in the middle of the right side is a giant hole (laughs) that maybe someone ran through uh, as it was looking for something to eat. Hmm. Okay, can I, um, using my artificer's lore proficiency skill, can I make a history check on the technological devices? to see if I know anything about them. Sure, go ahead. Brandon's character is a reskinned gnome, so that's why you have it. But really, it's just someone who can see tech into the future. I'm also very small. Like a like a gentleman's five foot one. Exactly. <laughs> a nine plus 13, so what? 22. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll just tell you what's in there. Um, it sounds like they're working on just some things that could be pretty par for the course of 21st century cool tech. There's like a turbine that seems to be like the size of one of those like big, you know, one of those big box fans. Yeah. There is an AC unit in there that uh, sounds like someone was tinkering with. There was like a 3D printer. There is a la- like a very small laser cannon that kind of looks like a Mega Man cannon. And there's a, strangely, there's a Zoltar machine in there too. <laughs> you know, like from the movie Big. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Zoltar machine like in the corner. In the year 5,420, <laughs> Zoltar machine is the height of technological advancement, so it makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there's one in every home. So, uh, wonderful. You're sneaking in. What are the other two? Uh, what is Moxie and Agent Smith doing? Well, I'm tired of being in this room, so I'm going to... Can I do like an investigation check where I can spot like parts of the floor that aren't touching metal? And kind of like hop, skip, and jump. Bang, bang. Let's make the investigation check, and then the dexterity check you'll have to do to avoid touching metal will be higher or lower. Is carrying an action? I was going to sling you over my shoulders if I was able to do it, and if you want to move (laughs) into the next room. Yes, you should. Would you like that? All right, excellent. Well, I rolled an 18 for my investigation check. Wonderful. Um, What's your dex modifier? Zero, and I get disadvantage on dex. But can I do (laughs) acrobatics? 
Yeah, you can do acrobatics. Okay, cool. I'm going to do some cool flips and we'll do acrobatics. I'll also sling Agent... Uh, no, I won't sling Agent Smith over my shoulder. I'm going to cradle her like an infant. And yep. then... Uh, I know what to do. I tuck my head. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so you do get disadvantage on this because it is dexterity, but you may use your acrobatics. Cool. And I'm going to say the DC is uh, 15 not to touch any metal. Okay, so... My lowest roll was a 12 plus four, so it's a 16. Yay! Yay! Hell yeah. All right, so 16. Yeah, you you definitely, even though you're you're usually too big uh, for these types of small moves and your costume pokes out because you just, you can't not have the shoulder pads. <laughs> Fun fact, I took a semester of ballet at Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> While cradling Agent Smith in your arms, you deftly dodge in between the metal shelving and you don't get shocked and you make it to the other side of the room. I'm humming a song from Nutcracker the entire time. That was impressive. Thank you. I tend to be. Um, you want to take a peek in this door? There is a giant monster. That is concerning. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I would love to kill it. How do we feel about that? We feel about good about me stabbing this thing. Yes? Yeah, I feel, I feel pretty I, good about that. I feel that we should first try to just smear its forehead. Because if it's activating character, a word is written there. We smear it off. It should deactivate. I have no idea what you're talking about. A what? I can try to hack into it. Is that what you're trying to say? No, like, like boop it on the forehead. <laughs> hmm. Can we hack it to make it stop moving, therefore making your plan seem more plausible? Yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I can definitely do that. Excellent. Wonderful. All right, so what do you do? You're at the doorway. Can I make a perception check or investigation check to see if I see any, like, computer terminals? Uh, sure. 17 plus 1, so 18. Yeah, I think someone must have ran out and forgot their laptop in there, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to sneak in there as quietly as I can and grab the laptop, and then I'm going to cast. Ah, well, let's hold on. Wait, hold on one okay. moment. Why don't you make a stealth check for me, well, sir? Well, proof one moment. I think you're wonderful, and I believe okay. in you, and okay. I think you can absolutely do this. And I'm going to use teams are better than a solo act and give you a D8 inspiration die. Ooh. <laughs> wonderful. That's a great power. Right, I'm going to make a perception check, and you make a stealth check. Aha! Oh, my God. All right. I got 19 plus 8, which I roll on your D8, <laughs> and plus 1, so 28. Does that do it, Eric? Yeah, you beat, you beat my stealth. <laughs> I rolled really well. <laughs> I rolled a 23, so God damn it. Damn. Dang. Well... I think what Arnold can do is sort of like quickly move through a higher dimension. So it's just that like monster can't perceive him because he's on a different plane. Dang. That's fair. Also, this uh, electric golem seems to be uh, sucking super hard on this generator. Oh, <laughs> nom, 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 nom. I'm you... picturing like a soft serve machine with just like a mouth right below it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% what I was saying. Yeah, it's just like, everybody's just drinking just all of the watts. Uh, so yeah, you sneak in and grab the laptop. I'm gonna smash it with my both my hands flat until I'm able to hack into the mainframe. And <laughs> I'm gonna cast um, Hold Monster, which I choose a creature when I see within range. They must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be paralyzed for the duration. Which Wonderful. Is one minute. Wonderful. Do I make multiple saves over time? At the end of each of its turns, the target can make another wisdom saving throw on this successful spell into target. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So just so you know, I'm going to say, since you're, we're not in combat yet, if I save, I can make a save every 10 seconds. So you guys will have to move fast. Okay. Cool. Okay. So uh, I make a wisdom saving throw. Yes. yes. And you have to beat 17. Wonderful. Okay. Tight. So you smash the laptop, and then what does that do to hold the monster? Yeah, so um, I'm smashing the laptop with both my palms flat as hard as I can and quickly as I can. I'm like, ugh. I saw, I saw someone do this in, in 2432. <laughs> all right. How is it that you know when all things happen in all years except for this one? <laughs> it's wild how that is, isn't it? 
No, I do know. I just can't tell you exactly. You know, well, I can't. I can't live the. I can't live the moment, and then also ex- explain the moment. It's complicated. Look, I don't even understand. All <laughs> um, right. And it's just gonna send a huge surge of electricity through the machine, enough that it's gonna like overwhelm this monster and sort of paralyze it for ten seconds. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I rolled uh, a natural one. <laughs> Excellent. So this monster is held. Yeah, I think that it's like has its mouth on this generator. Like it's a soft serve ice cream cone machine and it's held there. So you all need to move fast before I roll again. So what would you like to do? Moxie's just going to grab Agent Smith and like hoist her up and be like, all right, darling, here we go. Shoot it in the head. Thank you. (laughs) Great. I'm going to pull my cannon pistol off of my ankle holster, set it to much like a phaser. I can set it to uh, just like blunt, almost like an intense like air cannon instead Mm -hmm. of a projectile. And I want to try to shoot it in the middle of the forehead to uh, wipe away any mark that is there. Um, Why do you make a perception check? Eight. Okay, with an eight. Although it is described as a golem and you have uh, mythological and cryptid training from Slam, this is not a golem in the traditional sense. It does not have uh, a word on its head. Why don't we just shoot it in the head then? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Then I'll drop you and then I'll slash it with my sword. Wonderful. All right, yeah. You guys want to do damage? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, why don't you, uh, uh, why don't you attack it? Uh, does a, a 19 plus 9 do anything? That does hit it. Mm. <laughs> I like level 10. We should just stay at level 10 all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. That is an 8. All right. You do 8 points of damage. It doesn't look like it did much. You did the damage, but like this is a scary electrical metal golem thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's a shame. I did roll a 25 and then a nat 20, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do all that damage. I am going to roll my regular attack first, the one that didn't crit. So 15 damage on the first roll. Okay. And then for the crit, I do double damage plus an additional 1d6, right? Hell yeah, do it, yeah. Okay. So 32 plus four is 36 plus my additional 1d6. All right, so 38 total. Woo, 15 plus 38. All right. Should I just break out the, the action surge and do another attack, guys? Or well, first, should I save well, that first, for later? What I need you to do, please roll a constitution saving throw. That's okay. I'm good at that. All right, it's an 18 plus 6. You're like, it's like fire and electricity. And everything's like bursting out into these giant like electrical bursts. My eyes are glowing red. As you come down on this electrical golem, you feel like a, an electrical surge come through your sword, uh, but you are able to like grit your teeth and stave it off and it does not affect you. It's because I'm a pro. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right, yeah. Uh, so you've done a lot of damage to this lad. It is held. So Julia, if you want to do an action surge, you can. Um, if it's held, I might as well just uh, wait until the next turn. <laughs> Wonderful. But now I want everyone to roll for initiative. Okay. Nine. Seven. I got a natural 20. Yay. Nice. Um, is hold monster a concentration? Yes. Okay. So no so... spells for Brandon. Yeah, so I'm just going to keep concentrating on hold monster. Cool. You can go later in the initiative if you'd like. Yeah, I'll just defer. Okay. Just tell me when you want to hop back in. Okay. Uh, It is now the electric lad's turn, and he's going to make another wisdom saving throw. What was it again? 17. Uh, Yeah, I got lower than that, so the monster is still held. Wonderful. I'm really good at at typing, and I'm smacking with both my (laughs) my hands. Not even actual typing, just smacking with your hands. Good work, future proof. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Amazing. All right. So now it is uh, it is now initiative count 10, and I am going to roll for the power plant. Oh, no. Layer actions, guys. <laughs> I rolled a natural 20. Now that the uh, electrical monster is no longer sucking on the generator, the generator seems to be overclocked, and it's whirring and, like, electrically screaming, and it shoots out a bolt of electricity. And since I rolled a 20 and Brandon rolled a 20, you're going to get hit by that electricity. Yay. Oh, no. Future Proof, take 22 points of electric damage as a lightning bolt arcs through the air and just shocks you. 
You okay, bud? Uh, yeah. Uh, not first time. <laughs> and I'm down to, uh, from 65 to 43. Has uh, anything been the first time for you? That's just a general question. I mean, what is time, really? <laughs> like, this is not really the place for a philosophical argument on what the third dimension is, so. Uh, and I want you to make or, a concentration check. I'm just saying it would be convenient if at any point you saw the future of how these conflicts end. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got a nine. Oh. You can add plus four to your roll if you want. I can use my reaction. Yeah, let's do it. Nice. So, uh, Agent Smith, how do you help Future Proof steal himself against the electricity? I think I'm going to attempt to lasso the electricity using the power cord that Mix Four Person gave me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, lassoing electricity, a thing that we've all done from time to time. <laughs> That's actually one thing I haven't done. Oh, see, there we go. We found something Future Proof hasn't done. <laughs> they tell you at the Academy to expect the unexpected, and this is really what they mean. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so now we are on uh, Julia. Excellent. I'm going to attack because it's Do that one of the damage. things I'm good at. Uh, so that is a 28. Yeah, that hits. <laughs> and a 29. Yo, those hit. Cool, 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 cool. So let's roll those damage. 16 for the first one. All right. And 19 on the second one. Yeah, make another constitution saving throw for me, bud. Yeah, you got it. Uh, it's a 19 plus six. Yeah, again, the electricity surges through your sword and the the Norse spirit inside you says, <laughs> no, 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 electricity. Thank you, Glad. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, Amanda, it is now your turn. May I do a perception check to see if there's any kind of uh, shut-off switch or emergency red button to shut this generator down? Please do. 16 plus 5, 21. All right, with the 21, you can ask two of your questions. What here can I use to shut this golem down for good? Mm. And how can we get this done safely? I think the combination of those two is that the AC unit that you see in front of you uh, seems to be a very high-powered AC unit because the dial goes all the way up to Ice Age. So, <laughs> so if you could find a way to power it because it's not powered yet, you could probably freeze it and have it stay in place. Your, your excellent lasso may actually be somewhat useful here. Indeed. I'm going to pull the beetle off my lapel, sort of like shake it out like I'm shaking out a sheet or a shirt that's wrinkled, and it pops up into a like 16 inch long, like giant uh, sort of round terrier shaped uh, beetle. I think I dropped the lasso once I had successfully uh, lassoed the bolt. So I'm going to point to it and then point to the AC unit and instruct it to fly it forward. Plug it in. Wonderful. Uh, I think that it goes and uh, it, it picks up it picks up the, uh, the surge protector and plugs it in the AC unit and the AC unit uh, whirs to life. Oh man, that feels nice. Mm. Is it turned to Ice Age? Right, well right now it's on the lowest, which is Cool Breeze. This reminds me of my time in the tropics. <laughs> Do you know I invented the banana daiquiri? <laughs> <laughs> this is such a weird job. I love a good banana daiquiri. They're really good. They're really tasty. For my action, can I have the sidekick focus the fans of the AC really precisely at the golem to kind of minimize like where else in the room this icy blast will be going? And then if they can do that, I want to turn the dial to ice. Okay. I will make a dexterity roll on behalf of your la your uh, sidekick who can do that. However, the z it is a zero. It has a zero in all of the things that it, it does. does. Yeah. So I would say that you can do this, but you need to turn it on. Like you can't like go look to make sure it's aimed before you turn it on to Ice Age. Guys, I'm going to try the icing unit. Can you get out of the way? Absolutely. Um, I will attack from a distance. I suppose it's not usually my forte, but eh, we'll try it. Consider me gone. And uh, I'll miss you step out of the way. <laughs> Incredible. So I'm going to skirt the room and go myself to the AC unit so I can use my own decks to focus the, the blast and turn it on. Okay, wonderful. So if you want <laughs> to try to ice it now, I would say that the only person who is in the way is Moxie. I have very high constitution, darling. Just try it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. So, yeah, you turn it on to Ice Age, and I'm going to... Uh, first, I want to see how the attack goes, so Agent Smith, uh, make a uh, dexterity roll for me. All right, so I got a 9 plus 3, and I am going to use my reaction. So that's a 16. Okay. As much as I would love to be able to say that you try to focus it around Moxie, that's I just That's secondary. Don't... I want to turn it on most of all. Yeah, you you definitely hit. You you turn it on. Uh, so we're going to make dexterity saves for the electric golem and for Moxie. I did roll with disadvantage, and I did roll with 15. Hey. Ooh. Would it be a good idea for me to use my power to give her... 1d6 at this point? Yeah, this is she fails, so you give her the 1d6 because it is a physical move. Okay. Great. I'm going to use my uh, help yourself out feature because I called at the beginning of the game that uh, Moxie was going to fail some sort of physical challenge or attack. Uh, I'm going to let her roll an extra 1d6 and add that to her her save. All right, Julia, I will tell you the DC that I set for this is because this thing has an ice age setting, it is DC 20. So you need to roll a five or a six on this on your D6 to uh, get out of the way. In story, future proof says, uh, you're gonna you're gonna need to do a somersault instead of a, um, a flip here. <laughs> Thank you. Just trust me. It's a five. Ah! Yes! Amazing. All right, because you got out of the way, the amount of damage was 66. Oh. So, uh, Julia, you take 33 points of damage, but I'm going to have that as well because you have a fire sword. Hell yeah. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I was only going to give you that if you passed, by the way. So you only take uh, 33. You only take 16. Um, The monster is going to take 66, and you no longer have to do whole person. It is now frozen in place. Oh, delightful. Agent Smith looks extremely smug. <laughs> and is like, hmm, pretty good that I am the de facto office manager, too. A lot of experience with these ACs. So a quick shooting, Tex. Um, so now you've went all the way through initiative. This thing is still alive, but it's frozen in a way that, like, cartoonishly, cavemen are, are frozen in blocks of ice. So it's still alive, but it is encased in ice. So uh, it's not going to run away for now. So you can choose to try to kill it, or you can do something else. Like, you can decide to come out of initiative. We can call slam retrieval. We yeah, could. I think that's a great idea. Who would like to take bets beforehand if I can shatter this thing? <laughs> I would rather not have to. This is what hmm. slam retrieval is for. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> that's what they call me. And I use my wristwatch <laughs> to radio it in to slam retrieval. I, I love that. And then you, you quickly hear just like the sound of helicopters like as nondescript people come in, just load the iceberg up onto a dolly and then uh, fly it in back into like this air carrier style helicopter. And they give you uh, Agent Smith a quick salute and uh, hop back on the uh, the helicopter. Well, that was a quick response time. Um, You also get a a note on your communicator that says paperwork deadline file in five hours. Oh, great. So gang, what are the chances that that was actually the, the devil because I don't think that seemed like a robot devil it just seemed like kind of a, a a large monster like if I was devising the ad campaign for the movie version of this scenario here that mm-hmm, would have been mm-hmm. like a minion and we have a, a much larger villain to face later on but what do I know they teach you in ethics of crime stopping 101 that you can't inscribe intent to a creature that you have not communicated with or been able to understand so perhaps it is possible that it was just reacting to what has to happen yeah I mean like time means nothing what's intent (laughs) motivation doesn't matter they should really name the sushi special what is time you say it so frequently (laughs) (laughs) we should get him a t-shirt made up for the holidays (laughs) Mm, I like that what is time black font all right, so yeah, you're you're pretty much finished for now, so you can head back to the office uh, in the black Camaro. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Take uh, some photos, document the scene for my paperwork, you know. Smart. I think that you you three go back, and the sushi place is open again, and um, the but they've uh, they refuse to let in uh, future proof because he's eaten too much sushi today. There's a cap. There's a hard cap on sushi. <laughs> Uh, Eric, I'm going to expend my two portent rolls to gain narrative control. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what <laughs> yeah, what would you like to what would you like to happen? 
Incredible. I want the sushi place to let future proof in so he can have his sushi. <laughs> so what does it look like when you use the, your controlling the narrative? You like write it in your book? <laughs> yeah, I write it in my book and like it's like reality sort of like it's almost like a parallax effect. Like it sort of like shifts for a second and then it results, yeah. results back to normal. I love the idea that there now there are like two multiverses, one where Arnold didn't get sushi and one that Arnold <laughs> did. <laughs> We're in the Amazing. better timeline. Okay. There's like sushi. There's a thank you prepared for all of you. You know how I'll have to go bags of sushi uh, because they had to use it because it was going to go bad because the refrigerator went out. So they just give you tons of sushi. A uh, dumb waiter would be a security risk, but it's almost worth it. <laughs> you uh, walk up the stairs and you open the door. And I think if this, is, this is a comic book. The final page is this full page setup of Charles is tied up in electromagnetic chains and a gag in his mouth as a devilish winged, horned, robotic monster stands with his foot on Charles's shoulder like a victorious pirate. And he says, oh, you brought leftovers for me, the robot devil? Charles, no. To be continued. <laughs> Issue seven. <laughs> Issue seven, the robot devil wants his lunch. <laughs> I'm not going to say Moxie didn't tell you all, but Moxie told you all. <laughs> I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> and here is the mini of the robot devil. <gasps> oh my God, that's incredible. That truly is a robot devil. With very grunge pants. <gasps> yeah, it's like a punk grunge robot devil. I love it. So we're going to do another session where we get to fight the robot devil, right? We'll see you in the next issue of Slam Comics. Ooh. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this. Again, you can find all of these subclasses and more subclasses and items and an entire breakdown of how to turn Dungeons & Dragons fantasy tropes of classes and, in general, into a superhero story with the guide No Capes from Join the Party, written by me. Everyone, please go check it out. Jointhepartypod.com slash merch. And thank you to Hero Forge for helping me make all this stuff. Their stuff is in color now, and it is amazing. I'm not very good at painting, but you know who is? The computers that make this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so, so much fun to make these minis. You can find these minis on our social. Just check it out. Thank you so much, Hero Forge. And as they say in my hometown, Lagoon Burrowburg, slam! Get at it! <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love it.